0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fortune in the Spirit podcast. I hope you had a good week. I know I did. I uh, had a little bit of overtime at work, some snow in northwest PA, got to spend some time at a church. It was my second week there, and nice church to be at. People just are so loving and caring there. Of course, we had some audio hiccups, The couple that's usually there to do the music and the audio, hey, they were away for the day, so kind of made it, reminded me of being on this podcast and trying new things. My brother came this week and gave me a couple of things to try out. Of course, I didn't get the doing some of it, but hopefully today I remembered to shut my notifications off on my computer so there's not a loud ding. I shut my phone off, make sure that it doesn't go off, so you know, as far as sharing the spirit at that church, it was it was great. I had a friend of mine come and play music and did such a great job bringing worship into the church, and we had a good message about sharing the gospel and what the gospel meant to us, and, you know, a couple there and their family gave me a card, and makes me feel good to see that people are thinking about me and praying for me. I have a good group of people surrounding me and praying for me and keeping track of if I'm taking care of myself and you know you really need that especially you know don't forget your leaders and how much they do in the church and they're constantly pouring out and sometimes they need to be reminded that they need to seek the spirit too and take time to think about what they're doing and take care of themselves and do their hobbies and you know, it's it hard for me being a working full time and being an evangelist and really I go to a church almost every week, uh, but when I get to sit in my home church, it's just great to sit in the pew and listen to my pastor and, you know, he's going through school too and he has a lot on his plate, but man, does he have the spirit and, you know, we share that same same outlook on the church and sharing that and, you know, it's fun to do and, It's enjoyable, and I'll never take it for granted. I I just certainly enjoy doing this, and now I get to share spirit on this podcast, and you know, learning processes going on, and it's it's sometimes it's difficult. It's hard to sit behind the microphone; you get a little nervous, and constantly hitting the record and delete button, and you know, just remember to be yourself. Remember to speak the truth. Remember to. God speaking the word through you and you know we're trying to make ourselves better people in this world that's so full of unmercy and last week we talked about the Beatitudes the first four Beatitudes and we talked about how our admittance of sin and, and re- seeking repentance and being humble and humbling ourselves and how God says you know those who are who will humble themselves will be exalted and you know, don't stand and try to be exalted in yourself because, you know, people see that and they and they turn a, a hard no against the church because we often have the stigma about ourselves that we as churchgoers are in perfection and we, we know that that's wrong because, you know, Jesus says that no one's good, not even one. So we're trying to make ourselves better. We're trying to give ourselves i think more of an understanding of the church and how we we're supposed to be and and why the gospels have came to reality over this time and and what they really mean and you know looking at these beatitudes we really see what the gospels mean we see that if we admit and repent we're seeking god and we humble ourselves to say well we we can't do this on our own we see the gospel of jesus christ coming and how You know, God sent his son to die for us as a sacrifice and how we should constantly be seeking a better life, how we should try to turn away from that sin and and be better people and, you know, share that. And we should constantly be looking for that outlet. As he says, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, you know, like a river that's never ending. So all that aside... I'll read over the Beatitudes again. I kind of wanted to look over verses 7, 8, and 9. I'll get to those, and um, we'll go over a couple other things, and really talking about mercy and talking about what Jesus kind of expects us to be like out in the world. Kind of more of your outwardly look on the Beatitudes, your inwardly ones in the first four, and now you're taking that, and you're going to take it out into the world so the beatitudes read like this start at verse three that's where the beatitudes actually start blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now we're going to really look at the blessed or the merciful, the pure in heart and peacemakers. You know, you, you go out and, and you go to a church and you really are looking for that loving relationship. You're really looking for somewhere that's going to show love. And you're trying to seek to live a better life. So you're, const- you're looking for people who are just like you. You're looking for broken people. And the church is full of those people. Now, whether they want to admit it or not, that's the hard part. Sometimes you go into a church that thinks it's a perfect church. You think that everybody in there is perfect because of the way they act. Got to, you're got assigned seats or whatever. But when you're searching somewhere and, and you see this church is full of broken people and, and people are tearing and people are you know, when they're shaking hands and they're sharing stories during coffee time or whatever the church has, you see hurt. And that's what Jesus seen. Jesus was out preaching. See this in Matthew chapter 9. It's the very end of the chapter. We see Jesus walking through towns and villages. He's preaching. He's proclaiming the good news. And he's healing all these people. Well, when he's out there, Starting at verse 36 says when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He looks out and he sees all these people going through their problems. He sees all these sick people. He sees people who are sinners. And he takes compassion on them. and what Jesus is saying in the beatitudes he's saying you know you you're you're a sinner you need to admit it and you need to repent but it doesn't stop there because you need to be humble we talked about the tax collector and the Pharisee the Pharisee he exalted himself to god i'm better than everybody else but the tax collector went in and he, he beat his chest and he said forgive me take pity on me god i'm a sinner And he says, Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Because Christ is looking for people that admit that they do wrong. And they're not going to go out in the world and say, Well, God forgave me, so I'm a lot better. No, that's not the case. Because in our humanness, we continue to do that. We should be seeking to live a better life. That's what he says when he says, You seek and you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you're seeking to be better. You're still, you're still going to sin, but seek to be better. And now, as you're trying to be better, you want to, to live like Jesus. You want to live a Christ-like life. So when we think of Christ and we think about him walking and he, he shows compassion on people, what do you think he acted like? Do you think he acted like the Pharisees who were all-knowing of the law? Jesus was well aware of the law. He was fully human and fully God. He was there from the beginning. He knows what the law is. But that doesn't make him like a Pharisee. He doesn't go out, he doesn't beat in the people, he's not out there throwing people to the side, he's not throwing different kinds of people away. Jesus shown compassion to everybody, Jews and Gentiles alike. Christ was here for for all of them. And we really see that in the scripture, a very well known parable. And we find that parable in Luke chapter 10, it starts at verse 25, and as I'm reading this, you'll you'll know which one it is. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, and how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Again, Pharisees attacking Jesus, they were following him everywhere, they wanted him to slip up, they wanted him to prove and say, I am God. They wanted to get him for blasphemy, but that didn't stop Jesus from, from sharing these parables because... He's sharing these parables to try and throw them off. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. And now Jesus is saying, okay, so there's this, what we're assuming a Jew is going from Jerusalem to Jericho, which a path from there, the shortcut path, was very well known for being infested with robbers and blood-hungry people. And this this man's obviously going down to do some sort of trade or whatever, so I'm sure he had some things with him. And he takes us, and, and he ends up getting robbed. He ends up getting beat. And when he's on his way, and, and the priest who is going, I, I'm assuming, to the synagogue to preach, sees this man and, and wants nothing to do with him. And so the priest and the Levite were more like what you would see in the church as a pastor or a layperson. And back then, in the religious law, you couldn't touch somebody unclean. Because if you did, you would have to spend five days being cleansed. So, and some of this interprets that these religious leaders were heading to the synagogue to preach, so they didn't want nothing to do with this guy, because they didn't want to have to go through a cleansing period. They just wanted to go and they wanted to to have their ceremonial synagogue time, you know, church. But the Samaritan, who a lot of people probably assumed when he said that, wasn't going to do anything good anyway, or he was the one that did it because Jews and Samaritans were not of in a talking kind of relationship. Jews hated Samaritans. They were of a mixed race, religiously, and, you know, they saw them as impure. So, Obviously, if a Jewish man treats a Samaritan like this, would a Samaritan treat a Jew any better? But we see that that's exactly what happened. We've seen that the Samaritan helped this man. He took pity on him. He he seen that he was left there for dead, and he took care of him, took him to an inn, and even paid for his stay and, and said, I'd come back for any expenses. He really took care of this guy. Which of these three... Do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert of law said the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now he took mercy on him. He went in and he took him in. He helped him out. So we see in the Beatitudes as Jesus is talking and he's saying, you know, blessed are those who who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. You see in our lives we may physically not be beaten down. But spiritually we are beaten down. We admit that our lives are not perfect and we go through difficult times. We look at the world and how un- unmerciful it is now. People are would rather I think I said this last week, see somebody fail, then lift them up. They would. They don't even want to try. Well, Jesus is saying, you know, the law in which states you, you can't teach, touch anybody unclean, but I want you to go out there and all these unclean people, I want you to heal them. I want you to, to go out and, and help these people. We see that even when Jesus says about the, the harvest, and the very next part of that scripture, in the very next chapter, we see Jesus sending out the 12. He's calling them out. He says, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. And he talks about the people that he sent out. He He says, you know, these are my 12 disciples and these 12 sent out with the following instructions. Go in, you know, go, go out and search for the lost sheep of Israel. He wants you to go out and he wants you to be loving. He wants you to be caring to the people that will listen. You know, if people want to listen, you need to go out and you need to teach them. And when you go out, you need you need to have a pureness in your heart. You don't need to have a heart of stone. You have a heart of stone, that's where things get bad. You're, you look at somebody that you don't like. You look at somebody that just drives you crazy. And you don't want nothing to do with them. You're like, ah, oh, well, I'll skip over him and go to the next person. No, we need to be pure. As Jesus was pure. We didn't see Jesus the one time we seen Jesus get upset was because people were out in the synagogues in a place of worship selling and trading and you know doing things they shouldn't be doing. But he did it peacefully. He 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 told them, you know, you made this place of worship into a den of thieves. And you want to teach in that loving spirit. You see that Jesus going out and you see like people running up to him, touching his robe and how he reacted. The disciples reacted by wanting to push these people away. And Jesus like, no, you know, you'll go away healed. Your sins have been forgiven. Showing that mercy and purity of Jesus Christ to everybody. And when you do that and you're peaceful, He says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I'm just telling you as an evangelist, sometimes it's hard to go to some places. I know I've experienced a few churches in the past few years that you try to teach them the word, and you try and preach to them the gospel, and you try to tell them how Jesus would teach, and they just don't want any part of it. They think they have it all figured out. They think that, well, we're going to really go and we're going to drive the law into them. We're going to tell them all these things. And we're going to chew, be picky choosy on our scriptures. And that's not being very peaceful to people who are seeking to be better. Because when you're talking to somebody and they're like, oh, I did this in my life or what. And you're like, I can't believe you do that. There's no way. We don't want you in our church. We don't want that kind of attitude. there, totally forgetting why we're even there in the first place. We're there because we are imperfect. We're there because we are sinners. We're there because we're seeking to repent of that and we're seeking to find an inner peace in ourselves. So if you're trying to show, you're trying to find peace, how can you, if you don't do that, give peace? If if you're not giving peace, you shouldn't expect peace. Because those are the people that God considers his children. People that are peaceful, people that want to show show that pure heart. So if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and and you're reading scriptures and you read the Good Samaritan and you think, well, the priests and the Levites were right because, you know, we got to keep ourselves clean. We can't be around people that are unclean. Whether it be physically or spiritually, we are not showing mercy to other people. Think of this Jew that was beaten on the road as somebody who's coming, is searching and lost, and he's trying to find a better way to better himself, and we as churchgoers and we as people of faith turn away from that because we see their uncleanliness. Where would that get us in the Great Commission? Where would that get us where God's calling us to help other people? It's not going to get us anywhere. It's only going to bring detriment to our ultimate goal of bringing heaven down here on earth and showing people eternal life. We need to be merciful. We need to be pure and we need to bring peace because in this world and everything that we're going through, we don't need to add on more stress to it. You know, God has given us this directive to bring the new covenant. You know, we had a covenant with God and we broke it. He gave us Jesus as a new covenant, so we should be out there preaching that. We should be out there being merciful and saying, look, Jesus saved me by dying on the cross so that I may have eternal life, so that I don't have to live in the life of darkness. My life's dark now. I go through struggles. I go through these hard times, and you lift these people up, and you take them to an end. You take them to your church, and you preached them the gospel and your pastors up there giving his heart and testimony he's not up there the pastor's not up there because he he wants to make a paycheck or he shouldn't be he's up there because he received this calling to be like that good samaritan lift you up give everything he's got to heal your soul to heal who you were So as we are looking inwardly at ourselves through this Lent season, we should be looking inwardly of living this life that Christ had lived, living with mercy, being pure to those who are around us, be pure to ourselves, get rid of that hate, get rid of that temptation. Really get that righteousness flowing through us so that we want to share that with others. Because when we share the peace of Jesus Christ and what he did in our lives, we become like God's children. He calls us his children because he wants us to show heaven on on earth. He wants us to bring people so that when we all pass from this physical lifetime into spirituality, we can all be together. We can we don't have to experience pain or separateness from God because we lived like Christ. We lived lovingly. We lived peacefully. We, we shared the good news. We shared the gospel. You know, it might sound mumble-jumbled, but that's what we're called to do. We're called to be disciples. And when we see what God had done for us through Jesus Christ, we can better our understanding of how we are to live. We don't need to bring more hate into the world. The Samaritan who was downplayed his whole life, I'm sure, by the Jews, put that aside to help a man in need. Put your feelings aside. Put your hate aside for, you know, just because you see somebody of a different color of skin or they have different opinions politically than you, or, you know, you, you need to show mercy to everybody because God didn't, Jesus didn't show mercy through hate. Jesus showed mercy through compassion. And people want to experience that. They want to experience love. So you need to live lovingly, share lovingly, give people an understanding of what God did for you, help them get to that point. They're seeking. They're asking. They're knocking. Christ answered us, so we should be able to answer to them. I hope you have a safe week. I hope that you come across somebody in need and and you feel God working in you to do something. I hope that you are searching, if you're hurt, for, for somebody to help. And let them know let them know that you're not okay lots of people out there are not okay lots of people out there want to help so if you reach out you can reach out to me through the website email me hit me up on facebook fortress in the spirit ministries send me a dm let's talk let's let's share let's share who we are and what we're struggling through in hopes that we can lift each other up To because I want you to know God loves you no matter what you've did no matter what you're doing in this moment he'll never leave you he'll never leave you abandoned he doesn't forget about you he created you in his image he loves you and Next week we'll come back, and we'll talk about persecution because we'll talk about Paul and his story, and what he was doing, and and how life converted him, and how people downplayed him because of who he was. Because we get that when we when we seek God and we seek this loving relationship with Jesus, sometimes we're so far gone people don't don't believe that we could. Change, but we can. You can change. You can be better. You can be loving. Be safe. Be kind. Be gentle. Be pure. Be peacemakers in a world that does not show peace. Amen. And I love all you. I love. All of you.